This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, it's weird when someone else is there. Plus, Biz has a new insight. Teresa wakes up on the job. And we talk to Mary DeMacher about her new book, The Parent's Guide to Climate Revolution, 100 Ways to Build a Fossil-Free Future, Raise Empowered Kids, and Still Get a Good Night's Sleep. Woo! Teresa. Yes. Before I ask you how you are, Mm -hmm. I want to remind people, we are coming to Portland. Oregon. 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 Depending on where you live (laughs) and how you pronounce it. We're coming to Portland, Oregon. I kind of combined yeah, it you there. Did. I, I, like I somehow that. managed to combine both pronunciations. Uh-huh. March 2nd. Go to onebadmotherpodcast.com and live shows, and you will be able to click on that and get your tickets. So please join us for that. Teresa, how are you? I'm not the best this morning. <laughs> I had a really rough morning, mostly just with my own self. Mm. We just, uh, it's, Two mornings in a row of just weirdly being woken up way too early. And yet, like somehow, even like no matter how early my kids get up, I still don't get time to myself in the morning at all and like still end up rushing out and being late. Like I can't. Figure it out. It's like a it's like mystery. the more money you make, the less you seem to be able to have money. Yes. I feel like that is exactly where you're like, it's like wait, I have more. Yeah. So I sh- that means I'm supposed to yeah. have a thing. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. It's actually harder. Yeah. yeah the more time, time, more problems. More time, more problems. Um, <laughs> and, and like, I just, I had this realization <laughs> recently that like, I'm actually doing a lot better nowadays with like being woken up so early. Like I'm kind of used to that because <laughs> it's, it's really sunk in it's now. It's broken me. Like I, it's been, I've been at it for, you know, almost seven and a half years. And <laughs> so now I, I, I expect it. And, you know, I actually like my kids. So mm-hmm. I'm actually happy to see them in the morning. I'm glad they're there. Yeah. And I love them and they're very cute. Yes. However, <laughs> the problem for me is that. I'm immediately responsible for many needs mm. from the moment I wake up. So I'm I realized I'm I'm like a I'm a working person, mm-hmm. I think. When, from the moment I open my eyes, yeah. I'm being awakened by the job right. before me. Yes. By it's a like, need. And I compare it to like a teacher waking up in front of the classroom. Yeah, just wake you, you right wake up. up. Good morning, <laughs> class. Here we are. We're just right or, jump start. Yeah. yeah. Or like somebody who works in an office, like yeah. waking up at their desk with like the phone ringing <laughs> and like somebody asking them an important question. Right. It's so immediate. <laughs> yeah. There's no adjustment period. You haven't had your coffee But or even a walk with the coffee, like the, you're having your right. coffee while you're working. Yes. Like, you're having your shower if you get your shower while you're working. Right. You're getting dressed while you're working. You're doing all these things while you're working. Right. And I feel like that is chipping away at me oh, in a big way. Because yes. like, you know, I'm I'm lucky enough to be co-parenting with my husband partner yeah. person who I love and is a great parent, but he suffers from a chronic health condition called migraines and he's not he doesn't do the night middle of the night parenting and he doesn't do the early in the morning parenting right it's like an extreme emergency right and me being disgruntled (laughs) isn't really an extreme emergency i guess um so so it's always me so it's day after day yeah so there's never it's been years since i had like a wake a waking up like where i just just woke woke up. up and like what do I want to? <laughs> when we go to Portland, Teresa, yeah. I'm gonna call you. Yeah, oh, I guess when I did you it wake in Chicago. up, when yeah. you wake up, I'm gonna call yeah. you and start asking, asking you questions. Me for How are you about the show? Yeah, what are you? What's so your what genius? Do you think about this topic? Yeah, just do right away. <laughs> just so that I feel more comfortable. Yeah, just right? so you feel so also can, my transition. Can you come in here and brush my teeth <laughs> and find this toy 
that is right by my foot. Oh my god! Yeah, so I'm I'm feeling a little. I just eroded. Yeah, I'm eroded. <laughs> I'm eroded. It's too much right now. I'm not feeling good today. You know what? Yeah. I completely hear you. I have. I'm going through a similar thing where I'm like, oh my god, I cannot complete one activity. Yeah. And by activity, I mean washing this dish. Or yeah. feeding myself yeah. without being interrupted. It's not even a like lot. fun stuff. No, it's not yeah. fun stuff. And so I'm like, I've been like really like, okay, this is not how I'm gonna live my life. Yeah. Right. Cause you know, I got the five year old and the nine year old. Yeah. And these are capable ages. Yeah. Do you think, do you have the thought to yourself, like, I should be able to yeah. blah, 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 get blah, by now? Reach over yeah. to the other side of the yeah. couch and get the remote. Yeah. You know, like, I don't need yeah. to come in and get that for you. Yeah. And there's like, so I've constantly caught in that battle of like, am I a good parent? Am I not a good parent? Am mm. I sane? Yes. Should I be saying no? Mm. Have I said no too much? Because like when you're broken and haggard, mm-hmm. it's a little like, here's the remote. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or like, so, I'll just clean this up because I don't really want to talk to you about it. Right yeah. Now. I don't want to. I don't want to do the like whole thing. Yeah. Why are you not just yeah. able to be a helpful person? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that discussion never goes anywhere good. God. Right. Well, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. How are you? I am fine. I had during this listening to you and thinking about this myself yeah. over the last lifetime, I was thinking, do you know a, a different way? I could put it right now, at least in my house, is it's really hard watching two people become people. Mm. It's hard to watch them grow up. And I don't mean in the sentimental way mm. of like, it's hard to see. Oh, okay. I okay. mean, like, it's hard to watch people have to learn Just, how to be nice, so how to share, yeah. how to get dressed, how to do things themselves, yeah. how to lean over and get yeah. that remote, how to like go through, you know, disappointment, how to yeah. like, oh, yeah. I want this. Well, you can't have it. Right. Well, I, I right. can't, you know, like challenges, challenges yeah. for them developments. To grow. Yeah. It's like literally like, yeah. I hate kind of watching yeah. you Develop. Figure this out. Yeah, figure yeah. this out. Yeah. That's really hard because I want to like step in and just do it. Yeah. And that's not helping. Yeah. And yeah. it's way it's not helping because mm-hmm. they don't want my help mm-hmm. unless it's to get the remote control on the other side of the couch. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not helping them. I don't want yeah. a kid who can't go to the airport, right. check in, get on a plane by themselves at age three. I'm just right. kidding. When <laughs> they're older, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want that kid. I mean, I might wind up with that kid, mm-hmm. but I don't want it to be because I was constantly right. stepping in. Right. And so, and I know they're at the ages, right? Yeah. Where they are really working hard to become people, and it's really important to step out, mm-hmm. and it's just not fun to watch sometimes. I am so with you, yeah. 1,000%. Like, you guys are a mess. <laughs> just like all the time. This is very uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't. All the time. I literally was in therapy Friday saying, like, I was, like, rattling off these things. Like, oh, this has come back. And they're doing this again. And, the, like, the uh-huh. noise never stops. And they're always asking. And I pause. And I can see her face, like, my therapist's face. And I go, you know, because there's two people living with me. Yeah. There are two people yeah. living yeah. with me. Yep. And they are bad at being people yet. Mm. And, like, they're just everywhere. Yes. And I think this kind of ties in nicely because my sister was visiting. Mm-hmm. And I had a lovely visit with my sister. She was here, and it brought to mind what we're going to talk about today, which is a lot of the stuff seems weird when someone else is there. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Let me try and make this as clear as possible. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it sounds a little confusing. Uh-huh. Are there places in which it's just you and your kids, like all the time, right? Just like normal stuff. Uh-huh. But it's usually just the uh-huh. eight of you, however many there are. Uh-huh. And that then seems weird yeah. when another adult is there. That's not even, sometimes that might even happen with your partner. But yeah. like, let's say... For general discussion, yeah. we'll start with not partners. Yeah. That they're suddenly there in that place with you mm-hmm. 
and like it feels weird uh-huh. that this is how you're living your life. Yeah. <laughs> or it's just weird. It's just weird. I think yeah. it plays a lot of different. Sometimes I'm like, this is my life and you're seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want you to see it. Yeah. And there's also the, am I like weird? How I'm doing all yeah. this? Yeah, is this weird? Is this weird? Yeah. Right? Suddenly, suddenly we have that audience yeah. that sometimes we wish we had. Yeah. But then when they're but there. But then it's like, oh, am I performing some of these acti- Like, right. Am I. What's going on here? Just act natural. Yeah. Act natural. <laughs> so I will give an example. So I am in the car a lot uh-huh. with my two children. Yes. A lot. Yeah. You guys probably aren't. <laughs> I am in the car the yeah. most. Yeah. I have it the worst. <laughs> and so I'm in there a lot. And, like, we definitely have, like, routines and, like, we do things like how we select music, how we mm-hmm. don't select music, who gets to talk, when we're going to stop talking, windows up, windows down, right? Like, you know, if it's Katie Bell's turn to pick a song, she picks it right away, knows mm-hmm. what she wants to hear. If it's Ellis's turn, he like has like a whole thing because mm-hmm. it's Ellis. Right. So it's I don't know what are my choices. The right. same fucking five choices yeah. that are always there. What yeah. are they? What are the choices? What are the choices? I'm like I don't got Kenny Rogers as a choice. I don't know. My favorite is <laughs> After the Fire's Gone by Loretta Lynn. Right, which he does all the words too, which is great. I'm doing a good job. So, but this is all normal. This right. is how we get from A to B. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now we're going to put somebody else in the car. Yeah. Who's not invested, who doesn't really care. Yeah. Who wants to do their own thing in the car. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like, like heaven forbid, talk to the kids. Yeah. As opposed to. Or talk to you. Or talk to me. Yeah. As opposed to whatever those kids are doing. Mm-hmm. Right? And suddenly, like, and it's not even like in the moment that I feel it. It's like later where I'm like. I don't think I ever want anybody in the mm-hmm. car with me when I'm driving the kids around. Yeah. Because this is... Yeah. Because I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. It feels normal. All the stuff we're doing yeah. feels normal. Yes. When we are all... When it's just us in the car. Mm-hmm. When there's somebody else there, now I feel like a weirdo mm-hmm. who's out of control. I, can I... <laughs> Can I add to that? Because I think the car thing is an obvious place for this because we do have our routines, especially on weekdays. And now that I'm commuting so much with Grace, we have this system where like, because my my minivan has a DVD player. Yeah. And for the longest time, it was only for road trips, only for long things, like not just around town. Yeah. And that's still pretty much true, except that now that we're commuting crazy style, it is so much driving that I did relent and say like, on the way home, on the way to pick up Oscar on the way other side of town after school when you're done with like you've done your whole day you know never on the way to school because too many transitions but like (laughs) and too much like no it's just like a bad bad start for her right so but on the way to pick up Oscar she does she watch she puts in her headphones and watches something and I listen to like a podcast or an audiobook or whatever and Curtis, if Curtis is there, which a lot of the times he is, he now has his own little set of headphones so he can watch with, <laughs> with Grace. Oh, my God. Adorable. And, which I, like, never would have done before. But third I'm just like, kid. this is what. <laughs> you like, are the third child. And also, it would be so weird I for know. her to be able to watch something and for him to, I, you know. Anyways. Totally agree. Right. So I have all these reasons <laughs> for why I yes. do all this stuff the way that I do it. And she doesn't eat her lunch at school. She eats her lunch in the car on the way on after yeah. school. Like she, we have this whole system. Well, like a few weeks ago, <laughs> my mother-in-law was visiting and she was all excited to come with me to pick Grace up at school yeah. for the first time. And so she hadn't been with us in the morning and she was all excited to pick Grace up. And then we're driving from there to pick up Oscar. And, you know, it was nice to have my mother-in-law along for the ride. Like yeah. I was chatting with her and everything. But, she, but I forgot to like prep her for the right. fact that like, when we get Grace, Grace is going to be really excited to get in the car, open up her lunchbox, put on her headphones, and watch a movie for 45 minutes. Right. Like, that's what she does every day. Yeah. And, like, that's what she's expecting. And it's, sorry, but it's not going to be different because you're here. Right. Because that's just not yeah. going to work for her. Like, she's really happy to see you, but she's going to do her routine. Are you okay, Teresa? This is, like, yeah. the kind of thing where I'm, like, if I try to explain this to somebody, they're, like, are you all right? Right. Parenting's really gotten to you. It, right. <laughs> 
So, so do I sound crazy? Is no, that what you're I'm saying? Just saying okay. No, you sound normal because this okay. is the same sort of thing I would say that yeah. my judgment mind yeah. would assume that anybody I'm explaining this to yeah. is going to look at me like, are you okay? Yeah, like is this what, you, <laughs> what you're using up like 85% of your brain with right, right now? I know, right. but so I didn't even think to say this to yeah. her. And then we get in the car and you could see that she was like, really thrown by this. Yeah. Like, wow, I I haven't seen my granddaughter in, you know, a couple right. months. And the first thing we're doing is she's just going to get in the car and watch a movie. Right. Like, what the, you yeah. know, and she was polite about it. She didn't say anything. But I was like, oh, this is so weird. Yeah, like, this is weird. Like, this is so weird. Yeah. And, like, there's so many things like that. Anytime we, like, go away with friends yeah. and people are around for the bedtime routine. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> like all of the, I'm thinking to myself the whole time, this is all normal stuff, right? right? Like, does this seem weird? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's... Yeah, because it's the... Obviously, some of it is the judgment. Like, you're, I'm sure yeah. there's, like, that voice of, like, are they judging me? Am yeah. I doing this wrong? Yeah. But I really think for the point of this discussion and this far into parenting, yeah. it really is more about, like, mm, this, is this weird? Like, yeah. it really is more of the, is this weird? Because everything yeah. you described by how you commute home, yeah. that makes total sense. Yeah. And it makes sense. It would probably still feel weird if I was sitting in the car. Yeah. But it makes Sense. You understand it why works I do it. In your yeah. car. Yes. Right? Yeah. Just like whatever's happening in our car works in our car. Yeah. It's normal. Yeah. And it's the right choice. Yes. And the moment somebody sees you do it, you go, Is this weird? Well, <laughs> I happen to think that this is like less well, I actually think this is like a problem with our society, like the way we live. Like sure. for real. Like, <laughs> I, okay. Like I, I actually really think that like it's not natural that we do so much parenting stuff alone out yeah. of sight. Like uh, I think, and I realize that like not everybody is driving in a, around in their own private car. Right. Like lots, lots and lots of people are taking their kids on the bus or on the subway or whatever, right. or walking or, you know, um, carpooling yeah. or, you know, whatever. Like, but I think it's just, this is one like the transportation is one example of Things that we do in isolation yeah. that, like, historically humans have not necessarily done in isolation. And, right. like, that's totally why we feel weird about it. And, like, <laughs> it's kind of not necessary. Like, if we were right. really doing the, like, it takes a village yeah. to raise our kids thing, like, lots more people would be around for all these moments. And, like, right. lots more people would be doing some of this stuff yeah. for us or we would be doing that for other people and like none right. of the you know what I mean? Yeah, but again but like you said, we have we are currently in a society or in a culture where Every new thing that we have developed to make our lives easier yeah. makes us more isolated. Absolutely. So I just was thinking, based on what you said, I was like, oh, yeah, there are these things that we do that are weird. And I can give you a great example and throw uh -huh. Stefan right under the bus. Okay. I've been living and married to Stefan for a very long time. Uh-huh. And one day, I just happened to, like, walk in as he was putting on a shirt. And I think he does it weird. <laughs> and, like, he does this thing where he, like, puts an arm in first. Uh -huh. And then he puts it over oh. his head. And then he puts the other arm in. Oh. And I, I, like... I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, I'm putting a shirt on. It's not how you put on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, it's how I put on a shirt. Yeah. And then I watched Ellis doing that, and I was like, ah! <laughs> Do not teach it. But I was like, <laughs> it's such a great example of, like, you do these things by yourself yeah. all the time. Yeah. And they're totally, you don't talk to your food as you're cooking it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. All right. Basically, for the rest of this conversation, all I had written down was a list of places where things feel weird for okay, me. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> okay, I've got, okay, bath time. If yeah. anybody witnesses bath yeah. time, if anybody witnesses tooth brushing, uh -huh. oh, wow, that's a weird time in our house. Because uh -huh. you guys have a whole We have a whole yeah. thing. Meals. Uh-huh. Like, just, you know, that's a yeah, classic. It is. Suddenly somebody's over. Yeah. And then they're seeing you, yes. how you set it up. Yes. What you make. What you say about it. What, what you your say, kids about, say it. about it. Right, yeah. right. All that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's as simple as any conversation I'm having with my children. If yeah. it's being witnessed, I'm like, yeah. Why do I, uh, I yeah. feel, is that weird yeah. that I'm saying that to my kid? Yeah. <laughs> the bedtime routine, like yeah. you mentioned. That's crazy town. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten so crazy that we think it's funny 
It's that when people are there, we're uh-huh. like, wait till you see this, uh-huh. right? As Ellis boings through the house, right? right? So, like, and again, I know that that's the self-judgment. Like, I know it's the, like, no one's saying it's weird. Like, yeah. no one, no one was, Hell Michelle wasn't in my car being like, what the fuck are yeah. you doing? Yeah. <laughs> there's none of that. So I know that there's some sort of, like, voice in my head. Uh-huh. But again, it's not like it was when I had newborns or infants and I was like, that's not how you do sleep. You know, yeah. like, oh, yeah. maybe I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. I'm pretty confident in how we're doing everything. Yeah. I just also think maybe it's weird. <laughs> I know. I think it's also like, I, I do think, I sort of mentioned this earlier, but I do think there is some buildup around having an audience. Like, there's, yeah. some, there, we, I think I spend so much time wishing somebody was there to be like, wow, you did such a great yeah. job with that. That when somebody is actually there, I feel like pressure on myself to right. like enjoy it. Yeah, and, to like, look like you're, and no, like, this really, is fine that this yes. is normal in my house. Yes. This is so normal. Yeah. I don't even care. Exactly. Right. Like, what are the things that I wanted people to see me do really well? <laughs> like, it was just so, just, yeah, there's not a actually what's going on. Yeah. Right, right. So great. Yeah. It's nothing at all like what we do every week, except coming in, uh-huh. sharing things, uh-huh. because we can't see you. Right. You're not with us. Yep. So we never feel that we're weird until we do a... A live show. Yes. And then you're all there <laughs> looking at us, and we're like, uh, is this weird? Is this weird? <laughs> well, this is weird. <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Lola. Lola is a modern approach to feminine care. It's a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. Unlike other brands, Lola products are 100% natural and easy to feel good about. No BS, mystery fibers, or doubts about what's going in your body. Plus, Lola products come in a simple, customizable subscription. <laughs> Lola will deliver exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. Because <laughs> guess guess what also has a subscription? Yeah. Your period. Yeah. Lola makes your month a little bit easier. The subscription, again, is fully customizable. You can choose your mix of products, mix of absorbency, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. Lola's subscription is super flexible, You, unlike your period. <laughs> You can change, skip, or cancel your subscription anytime. For 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter badmother40 when you subscribe. Again, visit mylola.com and enter badmother40 when you subscribe. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. So, I've probably been overdue in doing this, but (laughs) I finally rearranged our kitchen so that the kid dishes and kid cups are down low in a cabinet where the kids can actually get to them and get their own stuff. Like Previously, I'd tried out setting them out on a shelf, Mm. and that became crazy because we have a toddler, so he was just like (laughs) playing with them and like messing them up, so they went back into the cabinet, and... That just means anytime somebody, like, wants water or, like, is going to help set the table or something, they can't be independent. They can't do it. So I 
realized that if I cleared out one lower cabinet that has like a child safety guard on it, my older kids can actually maneuver the Mm. child safety thing because they're five and seven and my toddler can't. So it's really great because the big kids can like begin to get some of that stuff out themselves when they need it. Yeah. And uh, the little one is still kept from like making a huge mess of things. Good job. Yeah, thanks. Very good job. I sort of touched on this at the beginning, but I am currently trying to make this genius work, as it were, not to ride the emotional roller coasters of my children. Hmm. This is, in theory, my genius. That's really a I've nice made it thought. a day. Uh-huh. Yesterday was a really good, so sorry, you're right, that's yes. hard, Yeah. that's nice that you want it. Mm-hmm. And then just shutting up yeah. and moving on. Yeah. I really want this to work and be a mm-hmm. genius. That's and it so all really relies good. on me, like, remembering those, like, yeah. response mantras. Yeah. And then shutting up. Yeah. Which is not my gift. Yeah. So we'll see. But That's I'm so gonna, good. I'm going to call it a genius. It's a genius Because already. it's a Just a having, that, having that approach yeah. to things yeah. is a genius. Trying yeah. to try that. Good job. Thanks. Hello, ladies. Uh, I feel like I've hit a pretty sweet spot uh, with my five, almost six-year-old, my four-year-old, because now they will play together by themselves. Um, it's the dream. It's why you have kids close together, right? Because they can be friends with each other. Um, anyway, they uh, are been playing while I'm making my breakfast. And Oh, this is a genius, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and I go around the corner and... Um, to see if they're ready for breakfast. And I see they've created a gigantic mess, a gigantic mess. And that they took every single book between the two rooms out to make an obstacle course for whatever. I don't know. Um, and my genius is that I just walked away. They, uh, instead of freaking out, getting mad, I said, what are you doing? They told me. And I said, okay. And then my oldest said, you need to help us clean it up. And I said, no, I don't. And then I walked away. So my genius is that I just didn't do anything. Sometimes that's <laughs> all you got to do. Uh, everyone's doing a good job, me especially right now, because I don't care about that mess. <laughs> See you guys later. That's great. Let's remember, I don't care about that mess. Nope. Five minutes from now, I'm still not going to care about it. Yep. I'm not going to do it. I love this. I love this. This goes in with my gene. There's yeah. actually it is a great feeling when you mm-hmm. discover you can just walk away from some stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You know, I definitely have those moments where I'm like, oh, you want to do a science experiment? Do it in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I- I'm gonna be cleaning yeah. later anyway. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Good job. Yeah, good job. Really good job. Really good job. Failures. You suck. Failed me, Teresa. Uh, So last week, one morning, when Curtis and I were hanging out with Gracie in the hallway outside her classroom, kind of like helping her gear up to go in, Mm -hmm. we decided to like snack some from her lunchbox. And we're sitting there snacking. We're (laughs) sitting there snacking. (laughs) And then we realized that Curtis has eaten the love note. He just ate the love note. It was, I keep it in like the tiny middle part of the lunchbox that is just for treats. So there's like a tiny, it's probably like an inch square. Yeah. But it's like shaped like a heart and it says like, I love you, Gracie, or something like that. And then I have like yogurt covered raisins like sitting on top of it. Yeah. And he was eating the yogurt covered raisins and I don't know why. I don't know why. He doesn't normally eat things that are not food. And I don't think he was like shoveling it so fast that he just didn't notice because there's only like five yogurt covered raisins on top so like I mean it's just it was so weird and the weird thing was it was just gone like it was just gone and Gracie goes he just ate the love note I'm like no no he didn't and she's like yeah he did I'm like where is it where is it and and I said to him did you eat the love note and he like smiled at me and (laughs) nodded his head and then he's like, Aki, Aki. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Aki. And I was like, yeah, do you want some water? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> so, and he had water. And then he later on in the day, he kept like burping yeah. and like kind of going like, 
like that. So it was just such a weird thing, and I didn't even think to like prevent that. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Third child. I know. Oh, put your headphones on. <laughs> Eat your love note. You're doing a horrible job. I know. Okay. As I mentioned last week, I had recently had a little procedure done, which resulted in a few days of uh, medicated rest, I'll call it. And I just couldn't stay focused really on anything in particular. So I just was like kind of trying to watch whatever I could find that would be like amusing, but didn't require a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to do some hate watching. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what that is. Anyway, and I come upon a show that's been on for years on Animal Planet called My Cat from Hell, where Jackson Galaxy, rockstar by night, cat behaviorist by day, goes and helps people with their cats who are, you know, awful. And usually it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's usually something's happening in the house. Yeah. And it's great. I'm enjoying it. And I, of course, let Katie Bell watch it. Because it's got cats in it. Mm -hmm. And now she likes it. Uh And there's really not a fail here in the sense that I have any regrets Uh about this. But (laughs) Stefan fucking Uh hates it. Like, Stefan, he didn't like that I introduced Katie Bell to, like, monster, you know, fish or whatever. Sometimes we watch, like, pyramid mysteries. Like, whatever. I'm like, well, that's better than, like... Teen Titans yelling at us all day. Uh-huh. So, like, anyway, I, it's kind of a fail in my relationship uh-huh. that I've brought this into the house. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just not really being mindful of everyone's needs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you suck. I did. Oh, Biz and Teresa, I have a fail. This is a fail of all fails for myself. <laughs> I have three children, seven, four, and two. I work full-time. My husband works full-time. We have a lot going on in our house. So one day I was on Facebook, and one of my friends who has a also a two-year-old that is a few weeks younger than mine posted, oh, went to the doctor and all the whole, you know, percentile ranks because it was a well-child checkup. And I realized, huh, I haven't taken my two-year-old to the well-child checkup. I better do that. As I started thinking further, I realized I haven't taken the four-year-old to a child checkup this year or the seven-year-old. I did not (laughs) take my children to the doctor in the year of 2018. The plus, they're healthy kids. We didn't need to go see a doctor. The fail, my kids didn't see a doctor in a year. I have no idea if they're doing what they're supposed to do. But... When I called the doctor to schedule appointments, they said, it's actually pretty common. And I said, really? For three children? <laughs> anyway, you all are doing a great job. I am not. <laughs> Hi. What a nice doctor's yeah. office you have. Yeah, that, that was the right. Because you know what? I actually do have a fail that I could have shared this week, but I chose to step back mm-hmm. and let you have the <laughs> shine spotlight, shine the light on you, because <laughs> there are three appointments you missed like a monster. But we are well past November, and mm-hmm. Ellis, mm-hmm. still, I haven't, like, it's the on every week. Yeah. I start a new to-do list for the yeah. week, and it's right there. Call and make physical appointment. Yeah. And then I don't. Yeah. And then the next week comes, and I start a new to-do list, and it's right there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so... It maybe it is normal, or maybe we're just awful. I can totally see it happening. Yeah, especially if you forget one. If you're forgetting all of them, you're forgetting all of them. Right. If you remembered one of them, you surely remember the others. Right. Exactly. You're just forgetting that doctors are a thing, and that like <laughs> well child things need to, to happen. happen. Yeah. Well, you're doing a very <laughs> awful job. You are the greatest mom I've ever known I love you, I love you When I have a problem I call you on the phone I love you, I love you Hey, Teresa, let's call someone today. 
This week, we are calling Mary DeMacher, who helps parents work effectively for a healthy, just, and fun future while deepening family connections. She is the co-founder of 350 Eugene, and she speaks regularly about restoring our future. She has written for The Sun, Spirituality and Health, The Oregonian, USA Today Magazine, and more. Her new book, The Parent's Guide to Climate Revolution, is a finalist for the 2019 Oregon Book Award and has been featured on Yale Climate Connections and recommended in the New York Times. Welcome, Mary. Thank you. So nice to be here. Before we get into the topic of what we can do as parents to help the environment and not panic at the same time, I want to ask you what we ask all our guests, which is, who lives in your house? Today, who lives in my house um, will be different than next week. Right now, my husband lives in my house, and my 19-year-old son, who's on a gap year, lives in my house. But um, he has a a plan to go work in the ski resort. Yeah, he does. All right. (laughs) We'll see if it... We'll see if it pans out. <laughs> and, and live in a snow cave. Yeah. I, well, I probably shouldn't say this on, on the air, but <laughs> nobody's going to tell him this. But I told you that when I asked about his housing plans, he said, well, I think I'll, I'll build a snow cave. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nice. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. At 19, are you allowed to say to your child when they say something like that, go for it? <laughs> Well, that's what I've been struggling with. My husband and I, I have to say, have had some late-night talks about, well, so is it ecological to live in a snow cave? They're supposed to be just for a night or two for, like, you know, emergency yeah. shelter. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, do you know, in a week from now, is somebody else coming back, or is it just that he's going to be gone? Well, he has a plan to do something big. He He had a big adventure this fall. He went climbing. He's a climber, and... He studied conservation and climbed in all these iconic places, and then he came back to, you know, have some surgery that he just got he just got through, and now he's feeling good again and kind of raring to go. He's going to Peru um, with a friend in awesome. April, but between now and then, he has to have a job <laughs> to pay for that. So I don't know. We're going to see. You know, talk to me next week whether he's in a snow cave or, or you know, living in my backyard or I don't know where and working at a local, you know, dishwashing. I'm not sure, but I am, I am stepping back right now. I'm kind of proud of myself. (laughs) Good job. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good job. Uh, What we're learning with children of much younger ages is stepping back a lifetime journey as a parent. It is. And it changes, (laughs) right? You've got the kid who's, who's going to go apply for their first job and you just want to say, don't you want to change your shoes? Oh, I know. Uh, no. I, yeah. My husband and I just went through this. He was, like, talking to people, like, to kids who were graduating high school. Like, he does this for the college he went to, where he just mm-hmm. goes and he talks about the college to them. And he, he comes back with some stories uh-huh. and was sharing some of the resumes. And I turned to him and I said, do you know how impossible it is going to be for you and I, given who yeah. we are, to shut our mouths mm-hmm. yeah. when our children start working on a resume. Yeah. It's go- yep. they're going to hate us. Yeah. 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 It's that's right where we are, to be honest. Because <laughs> I have this I had this big plan for which college, you know, I thought would be such a good match for my son. <laughs> you know, it's one of those, you know, hard to get into. They hand out scholarships, but if you don't get a scholarship, it's impossible for anybody who isn't, you know, I don't know, a CEO on Wall Street to pay. I don't know how people pay full college price these days. But I had this plan, and it, it's he's got another plan now, having kind of traveled more and seen different ways that you can live really cheaply. He just doesn't really want to go that route. So he's he's forging a whole new path, and I'm stepping back and just biting my lips and smiling and <laughs> nodding my head and let me know if you need help. Oh, you are doing yeah, such a good job, a really man. Good job. That's really good. Yeah. So I don't good. always succeed. Sometimes, you know, it, yeah. I, I, I leak. I, I'll tell my husband, oh, I leaked today. You know, I made some <laughs> comment about, you know, there is a pretty big difference about the quality of the classes and the place that you're now going to and the one that you you have a, you know, you got into last year that has your enrollment and is waiting for you to show up in the fall. And, <laughs> Oops, wait, sorry. <laughs> a leak is a great way yeah. to describe it. That is perfect. Yeah. Well, let's move <laughs> in to the book. I guess I want to start with 
you are not an environmentalist by, by trade, as it were. You got really involved because of stuff that happened uh, in your town. So I actually would love for you to start by telling us how you came about becoming such an activist for uh, our planet. Yeah, I came, uh, I came to this activism. I was an activist for social justice when right. I was in college in New York, you know, decades ago. And so that was already in me. I kind of had that awareness of the things that we do can help or harm other people. And those of us who have the ability to really have an opportunity to show up at times when it matters. So I, I did a lot of that in New York. And then I moved out to Oregon and was, you know, kind of doing the green lifestyle and had kids. And I was worried when I had kids, but I thought it was more far off in the future, global warming. So I focused on shrinking my family's carbon footprint. And after about eight years of doing that, I think we were just getting worse around. You know, I have all these reports like worse every year, worse than the year out, you know, worse the following year. And I started to lie awake at night, like just churning. Yeah. Like, what's it going to be like for my kids? So I, I started to realize that our little efforts like hanging laundry and, and biking everywhere were not going to be enough to make the difference that was going to keep my kids safe. And so I started to get political again. And, um, and then as soon as I did, I started working with other families and they started asking, the parents started saying, well, I, I'd like just easy things. Give me a list of five or 10 easy things that I can do to make a difference. Yeah. And that's a list that became my book. I mean, it got bigger and became a hundred things. And I've, i seems to, that I've really kind of hit a chord here because parents, care about the future yeah. more than, you know, we're invested. I mean, look, look what we started talking about today, about how attached we are to helping our children succeed in the world that they're going out into. Well, there's nothing more important than actually preserving that world so that they're safe. I'm trying to create a bridge between our short-term parenting duties and things we want to do and our long-term duty, which is to give them a planet that they can survive in. Right. I, I'm not even this time going to try and pretend I'm the voice of all parents. I'm just going to be my voice 100%, which is, mm. I agree. I am terrified. I think about what's happening. How can I help? How can I change things? And then I find myself caught between anxiety and panic mm -hmm. about what feels inevitable as well. Yep. And then with, okay, do, if I change one thing, does that make a difference? And then there's that last part of like, I don't even want to talk about it. Just turn it off. I, ugh, I'm, I'm using all Lush products. <laughs> That's the best I can do. Don't judge me, right? Like this, because I feel like it's such an important issue. And when, especially when you're a parent and you are being pulled in so many different directions mm -hmm. and everything you do feels like it's a question. Is this the right mm -hmm. thing? Am I is sleep? Am I are we doing uh, sleep? Uh, am I feeding? Correct. Uh, you know, like is this the right elementary? So, ah, right? Like you're just it's yes. it's constantly being questioned, and then somebody comes along and says, you know, oh, are you using a straw? And you want to just drive into the building and just go, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, the straw yes. was easy. It was easy, <laughs> right? So like, <laughs> so. And I think your book actually does a great job of bridging of bridging this. But I kind of want to start with a question, and it's your very number one in the book. How do I not just feel hopeless? Is there still hope? Yes, there there is hope, and that's what I talk about all day, every yeah. day. Is there is hope as long as we get going right now. That's that's the the key thing that we all as parents have to remember. But first, before I launch into that, I do want to just say. You are so not alone. You just, you're, what you just said completely mirrors everything that I feel all the time. We just bounce from one person's need to another person's need. We're thinking, you know, I have four brains, you know, for yeah. the four people in my family. And then there's the chickens and the neighbors. And we, as parents, especially as mothers, are pulled in so many directions to think broadly and also really specifically about everybody's needs. And so, yes, I also feel like if someone... You know, if I stop to get, you know, on the way to the potluck and I'm supposed to bring salad and the only kind of salad they have is in those, you know, like <laughs> the size of a bread box. It's these one foot by one foot plastic containers. Yeah. And that's the only thing you can grab. 
but you're afraid to do it because you're going to the potluck and somebody's going to roll their eyes about the plastic you're bringing. That's exactly the spot that I think we need to just stop yeah. with one another, to stop judging and to stop blaming ourselves, stop blaming meat eaters, stop blaming SUV drivers. The problem is so much bigger than that, and we are trapped inside of a fossil fuel infrastructure, a, a dirty, you know, destructive culture and economy and right now within uh, a government that is denying the yeah. problem and actively throwing roadblocks in it. So I think the number one thing is to not get pulled into blaming each other and to really focus on the bigger prize, which is the one thing that's going to make this all work, that's going to keep our kids safe, is to is to pull us back from those tipping points. And, the you know, the, the global tipping points, and the, the important thing right now that I try to share with people is that's one of the things that people who don't want us to change, which is, the, you know, the big oil companies, the big carbon majors, they don't want to change policy because it threatens their bottom line. And so one of the things we have to really stop doing is focusing on so much on our own carbon footprints and start focusing on the thing that's going to make the difference, which is big, bold policy change, changes that are going to slash our emissions pull back in all the poisons that are out there in the atmosphere, all that carbon pollution and all the greenhouse gases. And we can do that. There are, there are models out there that are created by the world's top scientists who've been working on this for decades. The problem is that we have political leaders that are captive to the oil industry. And so what we need to do is really start at the local level with electing people who are not beholden to coal, oil, gas companies, big agriculture, timber, chemical companies, anybody that's polluting the environment and buying politicians who then pass more laws and make it easy to pollute our kids' environment. So that's, that's I know that's big. That sounds terrifying Okay, but impossible. I have easy actions. Don't no, worry. I, know, I, I have know. really I w- easy. <laughs> I want to talk to you about your easy actions because I want you to tell us your easy actions, but I want to tell people who might already be like me and be like, ah! Oh, God! Just bury me in plastic bags already. I want to talk about uh, at the end. First of all, just so people don't panic, because our goal, like we sent our producer Hannah out specifically. I was like, find me somebody who can talk about how I can help and not make me feel like shit. And we found you. So thank you. So I want to tell everybody we all had your best interests in mind, everybody. The book, it's broken down. I, I don't even want to call them chapters. You literally have like... One through a hundred, like, you know, ideas, steps, things you can do. So they're like two pagers, you know, yeah. which is great. And at the end of each little, and I'm going to call it chapter, you have these sections called if you have or if you want or if you can. And it's stuff like, so look, I don't want you to talk more about this, but it's stuff like if you've got one minute, you could do this. If you've got five minutes, you could do this, right? It's just, it was really helpful because I'm always like, well, what can I do that makes any difference? And then I go down like a rabbit hole online and then I walk away. And I, uh-huh. you know. And yeah. that was your time. And that was that my time. And I ate a salad from my plastic box, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> so like, that was big and scary. Now make it not so scary. Okay. <laughs> not so big and scary. There are, there are a few easy things. If you want to just do three things. Let's say. Okay, yes. I want to do three things. (laughs) Okay, let's just start with three easy things. If you have a Chase Bank credit card, cut it in half and go find another, like a local credit union. What? That's just one thing. Dump the people who are investing in Mm. the worst pipelines that are being built around the country. And that's an easy one. It removes social and financial capital from... Polluters. So that's just an easy thing. We all have some plastic card in our wallets, and we all have bank accounts. So make, just make sure that it's it's a local bank. That's that's one thing you could do. It wouldn't take very long, and it has a big impact. Another is sign up for for accurate and fun and really short climate news, like Yale Climate Connections or uh, Grist. Grist has a thing called the Beacon, and that I think every day of the week, or at least five gives you funny, really short, which is key to me, and I think all parents, <laughs> the, they lead with the good news. Oh, So it's called the Grist Beacon. And that, that's kind of how I get up to date. It's literally 
I don't know, less than one minute a day. I don't open it every day. Sometimes it's like, oh, I don't really want to read about climate. Dump that one. <laughs> so that's another one. Just subscribe to to one of those because they have the good news in them too. They have the innovations that are inspiring. And it just reminds us that there are innovations out there happening all the time and they're life-affirming and they're, we can invest in them, but we have to know about them and talk about them well, and, right. yeah. and get people excited. It's Because I know that investment for people who are, are able to do that, even in terms of just buying what you buy, what you don't buy, things like that, you know, look at being able to figure out where these innovations are coming from to direct our money, to direct yeah. our, you know, support, whatever that is, is really helpful. All right. What's number three? Okay, number three, I think this is fun with kids. Check out Greta Thunberg from Sweden. She's a 16-year-old girl who has been leading the world, the youth of the world, really, on these new school uh, climate strikes. Now, you don't have to, like, endorse kids leaving school, but that's what she does. (laughs) And she just spoke to the UN. She just, like, slapped down the Davos crowd a couple days ago and, you know, is telling adults they're shitting on on kids' futures. She is just... (laughs) No holds barred. She's out there saying, you adults have to fix this. There is a way to fix it. You've got to do it. You're not doing enough, and I'm going to hold you to it. So, you know, go with your kids and and read or or watch her, her short speech on YouTube. And what's great is, again, in those sort of little end-of-the-chapter segments that you have, you, you have all these links. These are all things that are listed in your book that we can easily access. It's not like I now have to go, what? Write it down while I'm doing the podcast. Go get the book and you can do it. The other thing I really like about where you went with this book is how it can be an activity that you are doing with your family. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like that this, that, I mean, there were some really simple things like how to... it's so dumb, but getting outside more, walking to places more as opposed to driving a block, right? Like different sort of ways to burn energy with your family as kids and how that actually has a positive impact on the environment. I mean, stuff we might already be doing, you know, hey, we might all be doing stuff without knowing about it. Please pat me on the back. Um, yes, I, yes. I, I like, Perfect. Yeah, I like the way that, that that's incorporated, even as simple as reading the Lorax to your kids when you talk about the value of trees. Can you talk just a little bit about that? Yeah, I think there are a lot of co-benefits, what, what I found in, in the sweep of, you know, it's been almost 23 years right. of trying to raise... <laughs> Trying to raise happy, healthy kids while protecting their habitat. That's what I've tried to do. And so I chewed on all these questions. And, and one of the things that I found was that just modeling engagement, just modeling care for our community, for our, our neighbors, for our block, for our larger world, all of that really has gone into my kids. And they really have an ethic of care now that they might not have had if we didn't just model it. We didn't lecture it. We didn't require them to do anything. We just modeled it. My husband has been riding his bike their whole lives to his work, which is not an easy commute. It's up and over a small mountain, really. (laughs) So twice a day, 30 minutes up and down. And the kids are both bikers. Yeah. That's, That's one thing we can do is model living in ways that are in harmony with the planet. But the problem with that is that we don't want to get too distracted by that because often when I talk to people about, you know, read my book or write to me and say, kind of feel gripped in some of the ways you've talked about that, ah, I just can't do this and avoid the straw. (laughs) I really try to remind people to flip it right now, that anytime you have a crisis, you have to really look around and say, well, what's the most important? Do I really need to hang cloth diapers? in my backyard or in my, I have a friend who, who hangs them in her living room over her stove in her tiny house because she's really committed to not using the dryer because it's polluting. And I would say, great, if you like doing that, if you don't like hanging wet diapers in your living room over your wood stove, then maybe consider taking a look at what you can do with your local grassroots community you know, the groups like 350 or there's now the Sunrise Movement for young people that's spreading like wildfire all over uh, North America. What are the ways that you could support them? Could you give them 10 bucks? Could you buy them a megaphone? It doesn't have to be time that's spent. Sometimes it can be 10 or $50 that can make a big difference to some of those 
groups that are out there lobbying officials and really holding them accountable. And I really want to encourage people to think about politics because it matters. But for busy parents, you just can find a way to do it that works for you. And that means just, it might mean one phone call. It might mean 20 bucks to the local group. It might mean helping your kid, it might mean, mean thanking your principal for bringing good climate science into the classrooms. It might mean just looking at your kid's science book and saying, well, how do they talk about global warming? How do they talk about this crisis? Do they talk about fossil fuels? Do they talk about civic action? Or are they just telling kids to go home and recycle better? And those are the conversations I think are important right now. What are they teaching our kids? And if they're not teaching them properly what the causes and solutions to global warming and this crisis we're all in now are, then we need to go straight to the schools and demand, together with other parents, some good climate literacy in our classrooms. Again, nobody has to do all of these things. I don't do all of them. I can't even, you can't even do a fraction of them. I mean, you can do a tiny fraction. Right. Make it natural and organic to your own life and make it fit with what you've got to offer, whether it's money or time or energy. Yeah, no, that's, again, that's what I really, because it's a very overwhelming problem that is, it's here. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I think it's natural to feel anxious and paranoid and frozen, you know, like, I mean, those, those sort of feelings freeze you. And I, it really is about, you know, not having to try and do it all, but finding small things that can make big impacts. And and your book really lays that out. It's such a variety. I was telling Teresa beforehand, I was like, what I liked about it was I could hit one of the ideas and be like, yeah, I could I could do this. And then I'd start reading another idea and be like, I'm terrified. And I just mm-hmm. skip on to one that makes me feel better <laughs> that yeah. I could do that's in my control. And then maybe later... I can come back to the really, really scary one, right? Like, it's it's not all at once. And I, I think that's a real gift. And, and I appreciate you coming on to talk to us about it. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I think it's key to remember that parents, especially moms, especially with younger kids, are already doing so much. We are, we are such goddesses. <laughs> and it's... This is, this is definitely not a guilt-tripping, you-have-to-be-an-eco-superhero book. And I think we really need to be kind to ourselves and kind to one another. And when I feel despair, I just put on Michael Franti's song, I'm Alive, and I just jump up and down. <laughs> and I feel much better. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Mary. We're going to make sure that we link everybody up to your Twitter as well as your as well as this book. Again, it is The Parent's Guide to Climate Revolution. So I thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. It was great to be here. And thanks for the work you do. I love listening to your podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Is there a dog in a car at a bar on the street? Yay! I'm Allegra Ringo, a small dog owner. My dog Pistachio howls when she's excited. And I'm Renee Culvert, a big dog owner. My dog Tugboat tips over when he's sleepy. And we co-host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog that airs every Tuesday. We bring you all things dog. Yes, dog news, dog tech, dogs we met this week. We also have pretty famous guests on butt legs. We're not going to let them talk about their projects. No. Just want to hear about those dogs. We don't want to hear about your stuff, only your dogs. So join us every Tuesday on Max Fun. Hello, this is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We're talking about how the creative process is in itself an art form, in our opinion. There are underlying forms and structures that serve as a scaffolding for any creative endeavor. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. New episodes will be coming every other Monday. Starting January 28th. So please Please listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. We're back. I 
still feel a little anxious. Yeah. Because it's the topic of our planet. Mm-hmm. However, I like a list mm-hmm. that I can pick and choose from. Yeah. Of things that I can do. And I really liked what she was talking about in terms of, you know, I mean, it's the same message we talk about. You know, be mindful. You don't know what the person next to you is dealing with as they, you know, are may have an outfit made of plastic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, don't judge. I I go back to that, you know, quote that I saw on Twitter regarding, you know, the Me Too movement and, you know, the whole Kavanaugh hearings and stuff where it said, if you need to step back, do it. Mm -hmm. We've got you. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's, I mean, it's about, if this is not something you can do right now, that's fine. If it is something you can do right now, you're not only doing it for yourself, but you're doing it for your village, mm-hmm. right? And it's yeah. we all have a turn to step up. Yeah. And I just thought that was great and helpful and, you know, just one less thing to judge each other about. Yay! Yay! You know what is also one less thing we can judge each other about? A mom having a breakdown. <laughs> Hi, my name is Allison, and I'm calling with a rant. Um, I have been sick for going on two and a half weeks now, and especially in the last week, it's just progressively gotten worse, and I seem to now have bronchitis, which is making it very difficult, especially to sleep at night and just, in general, be a productive human being, which is inconvenient given that I am currently um, holding down the fort for my small company that I work for while my boss is away, And tomorrow, my husband leaves for a work trip for five days. And my younger daughter has a similar cold, not quite as severe. And my older daughter woke up this morning and started to cough. So I don't really know how I'm going to make it through this week, but uh, I will muddle through, mom up. Um, The other indignity of all this is that whenever I have a coughing spasm because of my weak bladder, I wet my pants a little bit, and unless I remember to wear a pad or something. So on my drive home, I'm working from home this morning because I feel like shit, uh, I peed my pants that I had just washed and ironed. And so I had to change out of those in my underwear. And now I'm just wondering how I'm going to get through this week. I'm drinking some lemon and honey and hot water, hoping for the best. But thank you for taking my call. You guys are doing a great job. Bye. It's so unfair. It is. Ah, uh, indignity. Thy name is parenting. Yeah. It, it it is unfair. Yeah. That that is just like a long list of uh, I mean it's not like look, it is not the worst thing that could be happening this week. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah. But it's certainly not the best thing that no. could be happening. And I would say that 90% of the like difficulty in being a person who has children in their lives mm-hmm. is that most of the struggle are these sort of like, uh, it's like yes. in between things. It's like we're all sick. Yes. And, you know, a partner is traveling yeah. or we've got a new work yeah. thing. Or every time I have a coughing fit, I mean, there is, ju- I'm so sorry. You yeah. are not alone with that. Yeah. And it's just a lot yeah. without being a lot, you know, in the grand scheme of life. Yeah. But never should we strip ourselves from the opportunity of feeling like it's fucking too much. It's always possible to list the number of things that are wrong at right? any given at time any if time. you want to. Sure. But these things do all taken together feel really unfair. They do. I just You're first I'm of all I'm sending you a hug. Yes. You are doing a really good job. That's a yeah. lot to be going totally. through. Totally. And you're doing it. Totally. Little lemon and honey and yeah, warm water. Really good. Trying to take care of yourself. Yep. You are aware of what's going on. Yeah. So, you know, you uh-huh. might have to amp yeah. up a little patience for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that you are doing remarkable. Me too. Really? You're yeah. You're doing a really good job. Good job. Teresa, what did we learn this week? We learned. That we should stay completely isolated as parents. Yes. Then no one will know the horrible things we're doing to survive. Boing, boing, boing. For me, what I am learning over these years is the old adage, as as your children get older, 
you care less. <laughs> Maybe kind of true. I mean, there's a little bit of this like, I've been doing this for a while. The choices we've made, I have spent years getting confident in the choices we're making as parents and how we're parenting these kids. I will not feel bad about whatever X, Y, or Z I'm doing with my child for food or for whatever, okay? However, that is much easier to say when no one is around to look at you. That is my, that's what I learned. I'm right there with you. It's <laughs> not, not necessarily a helpful insight, not something we can take away and grow from. It's just people will always stare. <laughs> we also learned, again, another place we can try and cut down on the judgment zone because is, is the impact we're trying to make on protecting the environment. It's especially easy, just like anything else you are passionate about. Anything. You could fill in anything. I am passionate about blah. It is easy for us to get focused with that and without even knowing it, make somebody feel just... It is it's exactly like sleep training or feeding your kid. It is exactly like, I'm really passionate about, you know, breastfeeding. Therefore, if I say anything about formula, my friend who formula feeds their kid is going to feel like they are doing that I'm saying that, you know, and vice right. versa. Yep. Okay. So just be mindful. Yeah. And and everybody has within their power uh, a little something they can do to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And we can all do it without really beating ourselves up about it. Yep. Enough things to beat ourselves up about. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Like how I behave in the car with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so much plastic. Anyway, so everybody, remember, you're doing a great job. You it's, really are. It's a lot. It's so much. There's, I mean, ugh. The moment you take a look outside of your immediate, like, what's happening in your family yeah. life, yeah. all that stuff out there that still could need our attention feels like a lot. Mm -hmm. So it is. But sometimes it feels good to yeah. take one step out there. Yeah. Just to be in the world yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I agree. You know? I agree. So you're all doing a good job of taking a little step. Yeah. And then running right back to the bathroom. Yeah. That's Okay. <laughs> Teresa, yes. you, you, Teresa, are doing a very good job. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, fussing by, not low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, fussing by, not low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.